This is Pastor Andrea Ellis, and I just want to personally welcome you to the Destiny Faith Church podcast. I'm so happy you're with us today. I trust the word of God will inspire you. So please open your heart and enjoy the word. For my discussion topic for today is no tokens, trinkets, or trophies. No tokens, trinkets, or trophies. Remember, we're still in this we're still in this lesson entitled Shatter the Pattern, and we've got to disassemble, we've got to, we've got to completely destroy every pattern that is standing in the way. It's like a wall standing in the way of us getting the promises of God in our lives. We have to shatter patterns. If we do not do not shatter patterns, then they go on to be inherited by the next generation. Many of the patterns that we have in our lives, we inherited it from the prior generation, and then we're passing them on to the next generation. A very common term is generational curses. But I want you to be just as familiar with the term generational blessings as well. The blessings on your life are supposed to go down to a thousand generations. Because the devil cannot create anything, he will try to pervert something. So he will try to pervert the blessing of God that's on your life so that it manifests as a generational curse in your life and in the life of your children's children's children. I told you the other week that wherever there is a pattern, that's supposed to be a promise. Wherever there is a pattern, there's supposed to be a promise or a blessing. So if you have a pattern that is in your life and you're not shattering it, it's holding up, it's blocking stuff, it's, it's keeping your blessing and the promise from overtaking you. Am I making faith to anybody? So I want to encourage you to remember, as we're in, we talked about it in communion today, we're in a winning season right now. It's time to turn your morning into gladness, your mourning into joy, your lack into prosperity. This is a season where there's a great turnaround because we are shattering patterns. But you have to remember in this winning season, even though it doesn't feel like you're winning, you have to remember how it feels to win. Am I making faith to anybody? You have to remember, I'm talking to somebody, remember what it feels like to be pain-free. Remember what it feels like to be happy. Remember what it feels like to be debt-free. Don't you know that's a really good feeling when you don't owe nobody nothing? It seems like you can lift your feet a little bit higher, a little bit of pep is in your step. Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever gotten paid or got an unexpected increase and you don't owe anybody and you get to do whatever you want to do? That is a great feeling. Remember those feelings because things have just turned around for you and we're walking in new beginnings. Several months ago, I talked, I used a, a movie that I watched. It's called um, After Earth, and Will Smith is in the movie, and his son, Jaden. And in this movie, and this is just a good movie to watch, no sex scenes and things like that. It is a little, we have some little scary scenes in it, so it's like more for adults. But one of the things about the movie that just really was intriguing to me was there was a monster called the Ursa. So the Ursa would set up scenarios. He would set up situations. He would contrive 
scenarios in order to promote fear. He would contrive these situations to cause you to forget your courage, cause you to forget your strength, because that was the only way that he can find you. He couldn't see you. He couldn't smell you. The only thing that he could smell was fear. So he always orchestrated situations to promote fear in order to see you. So Jaden was the person that he was after. He kept trying to get Jaden. And at one point in time, Jaden had lost ear contact with his father, but he continued to hear the voice of his father. So even though he and his father were not connected, he could still hear what his father would have told him. So the long and short of the story is that he learned and he adapted not being afraid. When he listened to the things that he knew his father would say to him, it caused him to have strength and it caused him to have courage and he wind up defeating the Ursa. I need you to understand that if you've been in chronic pain, that is the enemy trying to create a scenario to cause you to lay your courage down. Come on, because that's the only way that he could come and try to stand against you to make you feel like God doesn't still heal. To make you think that the blood of Jesus doesn't still work. But I need to announce to you that the devil is a liar and the devil is a defeated We were talking on last week, and T.G. and Jessica brought out some really amazing principles when we were talking about this wall of Jericho. The wall of Jericho represented hindrances and encumbrances and uh, uh, obstacles, anything that was standing between you and the promised land. So God has given you promise we, promises, and we've come into this year, and many of you wrote down those promises, and you wrote down your dreams and your visions, and if you've not done that, today is a great day to go home and do that. Write down those things because those dreams and those visions are the things that give you hope. Without hope, your faith has nothing to latch on to. Therefore, your faith falls. Your faith will fall if you do not have hope because hope is a rope that latches on to what you're believing God for, and then your faith pulls it into manifestation. Am I making faith to anybody? So the enemy comes against you so many different ways is to cause your hope to be cut off. Therefore, your faith has nothing to cling on to, and your faith has nothing to reach for and to accomplish. So I hear people often say, I'm trying to have faith. I'm trying to have faith, or I've done everything. But we have to always go back and look at ourselves, examine ourselves, not from a condemnation perspective, but what things do I need to tighten up on? We had a line today of people that needed healing in their bodies. And sometimes, I'm not saying all the times, sometimes there are things that we've done. Maybe we've eaten too much bacon, had so much salt in it and then your your joints and things are swollen and then you have pain so some of the things we've introduced or we've opened the door for and that's known as human error but here's the the deal the devil never fights fair so he doesn't 
care if it was a mistake, an error, an open window, an open door. He just wants in. Am I making faith to anybody? So T.G. and Jessica, they began to talk about these walls of Jericho, and they brought out some really interesting facts that I didn't know. They talked about the walls of Jericho were really three walls, three different categories of walls. There was a retention wall that was built up of, built of a whole bunch of rocks put together, and that's not something that is built overnight which means that these, this retention wall was built over years and over generations. And maybe if the father didn't finish it, the son came back to finish it, and the grandson came back to finish it, which has reference to generational. What is generated in one generation has to keep going in the next generation until somebody stops it. Am I making faith? Then there was an inner wall, and there was an outer wall. So there was the retention wall, then there was an outer wall, and I forget how many feet, 50 feet, 20, 30 feet tall. And then there was an even taller wall after that with, with a tower. So they could watch and see when they were under siege. We learned that Joshua was closed up, the city of Joshua was closed up within the walls so that nobody could get out but so nobody could get in as well. Am I making faith to anybody? I'm going to read the scripture that God gave me last week, and it really opened the eyes of my understanding, and it really flooded it with light for me. And I'll read it from um, Deuteronomy chapter 27, 28, verse 7. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verse 7, which says, Jehovah will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before you. How many know that sickness is an enemy? Chronic pain is an enemy. Mental anguish, depression, and panic is an enemy. He says, they will attack you from one direction, but will flee before you in seven different directions. That's literally hilarious to me because I like cartoons. Have you ever seen a cartoon and they're trying to get out of there so fast it's like their body splits into seven different pieces trying to get away? And that's how the enemy is when he stands against the complete and changeless God, our God, Jehovah. This seven is talking about the breaking of a cycle, seven days in a week, right? That's a cycle. We're talking about shattering cycles and shattering patterns, and this culminates a pattern. The culmination of this pattern requires praise and worship so that you can begin to create a new pattern. There is a pattern between zero and seven years old, and most of the time, those are our formative years, things that happen in your life before seven, which sets a pattern when you're 14, and another pattern when you're 21, 28, so forth, and so on. But this right here is talking about being routed by God. When the complete and changeless God stands against those generational curses, which is poverty. Some of us come from families that were very poor. We had love. We just didn't have finances. Are you listening to me? Everybody looks straight ahead. Or whatever the case may be. Whatever that. I'm not saying our families are not great. Hear me. Our families are great. We have loving families and excellent families. 
but we picked up some patterns along the way that are hindering us from getting to God's best in our lives. It's almost like a wall or the walls of Jericho. There were three distinct walls, and every one of those walls had to come down in order for the children of Israel to get what God had already promised them. Let me go back and read scripture because I, I feel like y'all forgot the story. Let me go back and just pick up some excerpts of it. Joshua chapter 6 verse 1. Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. It was shut up because of Israel because when the Lord began to bring them to this land to prepare to give them the land, he, if you go back to chapter, just go back another chapter or so, he told them, he told the children of Israel to go um, to go in, let me go, let me tell you this first. In Joshua chapter 1 in verse 16, it says, So they answered Joshua, all that, you command, all that you command us, we will do, and wherever you send us, we'll go. They were submitted to their leadership. The same way they served Moses, they made a commitment to serve Joshua. Just as we heeded Moses in all things, so will we heed you. Only the Lord God be with you as he was with Moses. This is what the people said. Joshua didn't say this. He said, whoever rebels against your command and does not, um, does not heed your words and all that you command him, he shall be put to death. So you stay strong and you be courageous. They impose a strict discipline because they're not playing now. A whole generation of people have died in the wilderness. They're in a 40-year journey that should have only taken eight days. So now you've seen your granddaddy die. You've seen your grandparents die. You've seen your parents die. Now a whole other generation is risen up. Now here's the deal. When God gives promises to a household, they have to be fulfilled in some household. So some of us are walking in blessings from our parents. Just like some of us are walking in curses from the previous generation as well. Let me find where it was. So Israel was crossing the Jordan River. So when God told them to cross the Jordan River, you see, they had already had already gone through the Red Sea. The Red Sea had already, they'd seen miracle after miracle. They'd seen quail. They had seen the manna. They had seen all of these miracles, miracle, miracle, miracle. So children of Israel, listen to me right here. They were so used to miracles that they wanted to live according to miracles. Who does that sound like? They didn't want to live according to faith. They only wanted to live according to miracles. So whenever they got in a pickle, they knew how to repent and get back in the presence of God, and God would always work the situation out for them. But God wanted to teach them not to live according to miracles, but to live according to faith, because faith is what pleases God. So God, God commanded them to go through the Jordan River again. Now he's doing a whole other miracle for them. He said, take the priest, let the priest stand in the Jordan River. As soon as their toes touch the water, the water is going to stand up. Here's a whole nother miracle. He said, priest, y'all go in the middle of the Jordan River. The mighty men go before you, and everybody can cross, walk across this river. And as long as the presence of God stays in the center of it, the water will keep standing up. But when they take the Ark of the Covenant out, then the walls will come back down. This is another miracle right before Jericho. Are you listening to me? The, the children of Israel had a memory problem. 
They would snatch up the blessings of God and just that quick they would forget what God did for them, which made them require another miracle. Come on. We cannot be like the children of Israel, like T.G. said. We're talking too quick when we start talking about how much they murmured and complained and how quickly they forgot. When is the last time that you remembered or thank God for the last miracle that he did? One of the miracles was he woke you up this morning. Started you on your way, clothed in your right mind. You forgot that. Today a man was running me off the road coming, and when I tell you it was so easy for me to go to my old zip code, I wanted to run down on him. Marcus, I wanted to run up on him. I remembered, though, I'm delivered from a bad attitude and an anchor problem. Clearly, you are in more of a hurry than I am. I'm going to just move out of your way. I'm going to have my praise and worship on, and I'm going to get my own stuff together. Here's the deal. I didn't want to do that. I wanted to drive up on him and look at him and say, are you crazy? I got my dog in here and I got my grandkids in here. Have you? But I remembered I'm free from a bad attitude. I'm free from anger. Anger can mutate real quick into rage. Real quick. Ask a lot of people that are in Jackson Prison or OCJ, why you in here? They got mad. They felt disrespected in the moment. And because they felt disrespected in the moment, they acted out in the moment. Did something stupid in the moment. Now that the moment has passed, they got 15 to 20 years to life for not managing their emotions. Am I making faith to anybody? So we can look at the children of Israel and point our fingers at them and like like they were so this and that and the fifth. Whereas we have to take personal inventory of ourselves. They just came out of a miracle, so now they're built up in their faith again. They're built up in their faith again. And one of the funny things that I read in the chapter prior to them going into the um, Jericho walls was God stopped the man. They ate their last meal. They ate their last manna meal. Why? Now you got to do some work. You can't live just off of miracles. You have to do your part. Faith requires corresponding action. T.G. and Jessica talked about it. We know the story. They had to march around the wall seven times for six days in a row. I mean, one time a day for six days in a row. On the seventh day, they did it seven times. Then the walls of Jericho fell down flat. That was three different layers of falling. So I went back because that sparked my interest to go back and research it. They actually have archaeologists that can qualify everything that the, that the scripture has said and how the walls fell made it a ramp so that the children of Israel could easily go in. Look at God. How the walls fell became a ramp so that the children of Israel could go in. But let's get a revelation of their story. They had to walk around six days and not say anything because they had a pattern. And their pattern was they talked too much. They murmured and they complained and they just always wanted a miracle and prove it to me. Prove to me that you're with me, God. They didn't want to ever exercise their faith. They always wanted to see a miracle. Listen to me. God still performs miracles and I take a miracle any day of the week. But when I don't get a miracle, I can still walk by faith and not by sight. 
Am I making faith to anybody? Many of us want to walk by miracles. But we're required to walk by faith and not by sight. And we can find this pattern over and over in the Bible. If we look at Zacharias, remember him and his wife Elizabeth, John the Baptist's mom, they were believing God for a baby. She was all well past years. They said that their record was impeccable. But when the angel came and spoke to Zacharias about having a baby, he started doubting. He started saying the wrong thing with his mouth, and the angel Gabriel had to shut his mouth. Remember I said many things are generational. We see how our parents handle stressful situations, so we begin to handle stressful situations the same way that we see our parents. You see a very nervous mom, you're going to see very nervous kids. You see a terrified dad, you're going to see terrified kids. And it was shown because John the Baptist, when he was in prison, when the road met the robber, remember John the Baptist was the forerunner of Christ. John the Baptist baptized Jesus. He heard the voice from heaven ascend like a dove and say, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. John the Baptist said, I'm one crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord. Now he was in prison and he did not get a miracle. And because he didn't get a miracle and he found out that Jesus was doing things differently, he wasn't doing it like the Pharisees and the Sadducees. He told his disciples, go ask Jesus, is he really the one or should we look for another? What happened? When the road met the rubber, his mouth said the wrong thing. Am I making faith to anybody? Remember, Zechariah was in, the, in the, the tabernacle, burning incense, praying, praying and believing God for himself and for the people. So when the angel came with the answer, he had doubt in his mouth to the degree that the angel had to shut his mouth so that the promise could be fulfilled. Well, if you're raised with Zacharias and you see Zacharias trip out in stressful situations, what do you think he's going to do here? Got him captive because he was, because he did the right thing. And he told, he called Herod out on his sin, and you land with your brother's wife, and that's wrong. He got in prison. I did the right thing, and I didn't get a miracle. We're not called to live according to miracles. We're called to live according to faith. So our John the Baptist, who we love, even tripped out. He was the one that said, I'm one, I'm one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. He's the one that said, I'm not worthy to untie Jesus' sandals. He heard the Spirit say, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. What has happened? Why have you changed your testimony? Because the situation was uncomfortable now, and he didn't get a miracle. Just because you don't get a miracle, you don't get to change your mouth, and you don't get to use your mouth for unbelief. Now he's saying, go ask him, is he the one or should we look for another? You're the one that said he was the one. You're the one that's been saying it the whole time. You're the one. Now you're doubting because you didn't get a miracle. Likewise, these children of Israel, they were so used to getting miracle after miracle God said, when you go around the city, don't say nothing. You're not, you can't talk at all. You don't get to talk because your mouth is going to get you in trouble and you're going to miss out on all of the promises that I have for you. But after the seventh time that you go around on the seventh day, that's going to culminate a cycle 
we're breaking that pattern now. We're breaking that cycle, and that's no longer going to be who you are. So you can shout with worship, and that is going to trigger your new beginning. Again, they, they shouted, and the walls fell down flat, like Jessica said on Thursday. That wasn't the end of the story, though. Just because the walls fell down, the people didn't come out and give them everything. They had to go in. They still, and that was the Bible says that was the first conquest, which means they had to keep fighting. Why do we keep fighting? We fight the good fight of faith because in the end, we win. It's not one fight. It's a continuous lifestyle of staying in faith. I had to fight my own flesh today, hawking that man down for running me off the road. I had to fight that and do the right thing. I didn't want to. I didn't feel like it, but I had to fight the good fight of faith. Are y'all listening to me? Let me close in here. I'm trying to bring a point to you so I can bring out my, my sermon title. It says, the children of Israel, well, they all had went in, in chapters of verse 1. But the children of Israel committed a trespass regarding the accursed things. They were told to go in and don't touch nothing that was accursed. Bring the gold and silver as an offering unto the Lord. Don't keep nothing. Just burn everything else. Give a tithe to the Lord. Give a tithe to the Lord. But Achan, he went in, and Achan was of the tribe of Judah. The tribe of Judah was the tribe that were the worshipers. So when you, when you think about Judah, you think about hands lifted in worship. So he should have been worshiping and praising God and thanking God in his situation. But when he got into camp and he saw some of the things and he, he saw the beautiful garments and he saw the gold and the silver, verse 7 says, let me go back up to um, verse 1. It says, the, um, he took the accursed things and, and so the anger of the Lord burned against the children of Israel. Now, we would think this way. Why against the children of Israel? Because we're all one. Remember I told you today, when your brothers and sisters are up here in chronic pain, you shouldn't just be out there as an observer. You should take this personally. How dare the devil attack my brother and sister in the Lord? Because we are one. We stand together through the thick and the thin. Let's read on to find out what has happened. So after the great conquest, in Jericho, the walls fell down, they went and they plundered, they, they took all the, the silver and the gold as offering to the Lord, everything else, they burned everything, the men, women, children, everything in the city except the harlot, and I'll talk about that in a little, uh, maybe in another day, to save the harlot, they saved the prostitute that helped them and her whole household. So now she's a part, they took her out of the city so that they could plunder the remainder of the city. They were not supposed to take anything, they were supposed to burn it all to the ground. So they came out of there with a great victory, right? So after that great victory at Jericho, they had another tiny little bitty place that needed to be taken over, AI. Two letters, A and I, AI. So they were supposed to be able to go in AI and wipe them out really, really quick. So they said, don't even send all these. I think they said take about 3,000 men because we're going we're gonna to be able to take them over really quickly. So they went into Ai after plundering Jericho. They went into Ai, and the people, the inhabitants of Ai, ran them out. And 36 men died. So Joshua laid out crying before the Lord. Lord, what has happened? How did this, what has happened? What did, how did I miss you? 
It says in verse 7, and Joshua said, Alas, Lord God, why have you brought these people over the Jordan? Remember all that big thing on the Jordan, all the walls to, to destroy us. Oh, Lord, what shall I say when Israel returns back before its enemy? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear it and surround us and cut off your name from the earth. The reason why Jericho was shut up, because people had heard about the Israelites. They had heard all of the miracle signs and wonders that God did in their favor. Now they're walking around the, the walls. Those people were terrified. They were terrified because they knew that God was with them. Am I making faith to anybody? Now they go to take out this little bitty place called A. AI and AI runs. He said, our reputation is about to be messed up. So God said, the Lord said to Joshua, I love this. This is verse 10. He said, get up. Get up. Why do you lie on your face? Israel has sinned and have transgressed my covenant. For they have taken some of the accursed things and have both stolen and deceived and have also put it among their own stuff. In other words, sin is in the camp. Not only did they do the polar opposite of what I told them to do, they brought it and they put it in the midst of the blessing, the middle of the place of blessing. This pattern was shattered. We shattered a pattern, and you were supposed to burn everything. Joshua said, cursed is anybody that ever tried to build these patterns back up. And then you're going to come go in there and take a token, a trinket, and a trophy. That's my lesson for today. No tokens. No trinkets. No trophies. The devil wants you to hold on to old love letters. Hold on to paraphernalia. Hold on to this and hold on to that. Hold on to websites and phone numbers and all kinds of things just in case. Just in case of what? If we've shattered the pattern, if we plundered it, if we burned it, and that thing is cursed at the root, we've taken the axe to the root. Why would you bring a token, a trinket, or a trophy home with you. You brought it in your house. Let's read it. I'm going to have to go because they got my music started. I'm over time right, right here. He says, he says uh, here, uh, he said, I'm not going to be with you anymore until you destroy it. My hands are off of it. If you've taken it into your own hands and you can do it without me, the Lord said, I'll, I'll back off. I'll let you have your way. Until you get rid of it, until you get rid of the tokens, the trinkets, and the trophies, I'm not going to be with you. You've seen my presence through 40 years, through the murmuring and the complaining. But if you're trying to hold on, listen to me, you're trying to hold on to tokens, you're trying to hold on to trinkets, and you're trying to hold on to trophies, I'm out. That's what we need to be today. We shouted, we danced, we laid on the altar, we said that our walls had fallen, the hindrances had fallen. Now here's the deal. Examine yourself to see, have you kept the trophy? Have you kept the trinket? Have you kept the token of the thing that God delivered you from? Have you saved the website? 
Have you saved a phone number? Have you saved love letters? Have you saved account numbers? Have you saved stuff that you were supposed to put the ax to? When you do that, after the patterns have been shattered, he's like, okay, you got your hands on it? I'm taking my hands off of it. The long and short of the story, since I'm out of time, the long and short of the story is, he didn't know who did it. Because with a straight face, Achan was looking like everybody else. That's when you know a pattern is deep-rooted. When you can keep doing the wrong thing and you don't even look like you're doing wrong. You're not only deceiving other people, you deceive yourself and you deceive your whole household. So he didn't even know which one did it. So the Lord said, bring out of all the tribes, bring them tribe by tribe. And then family on family, and we're going to find out where this is. So when he brought the tribe of Judah, this is the, these are the worshipers. These are the praisers. These are the ones that are supposed to have their hands lifted. They are supposed to lift holy hands without wrath and doubting when they came to Achan, who was of Judah. He said, it was me. When I should have been lifting my hands in worship, I was using my hands to pilfer. This is exactly what he said. I thought it was very intriguing how he said it. It says, and Achan answered Joshua and said, Indeed, I have sinned against the Lord, God of Israel, and this is what I've done. I saw among the spoils a beautiful Babylonian garment, 200 shekels of silver and a wedge of gold weighing 50 shekels, and I coveted them. In other words, I had an insatiable desire. I knew it was wrong, but I wanted it so bad, I didn't care that it was wrong. And he said, and I took them. And there they are, hidden in the earth, in the midst of my tent. I took it home with me. I took it home. Remember, when an enemy leaves a household, he looks for another host. When he can't find one, he said, I'm going to go back to the host that I came. You just came through the Jordan. You just ate your last meal of manna. You just had the walls fallen. And none of that was enough. He said, I coveted it. I wanted it so bad, I knew. I knew it was wrong. But I fell into, listen, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. I wanted it so bad even though I knew it was wrong. I knew I was violating God. But in my heart, I was like, well, God just going to have to forgive me. Come on. Let's look at Aiken's heart. And as I was thinking about this, I was like, where was he going to wear it? <laughs> you covered in this beautiful Babylonian garment. Where are you going? Did you go wear it? You can't even wear it nowhere. You got the gold and all of this. Where, where, what stores, what mall are you going to? He couldn't even use it. He couldn't even show it off to nobody. But nonetheless, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life caused him to sin against God and bring a curse on everybody. Remember, we don't need 
to keep any tokens, any trinkets, or any trophies, or anything that God has delivered us from, any patterns that we have put the axe to, put the axe to it. And if you look like you're interested in it, that's when you cut that off. That's when I go on a social media fast. That's when I don't go to the mall without no money in my pocket. That's when I, whatever the situation is, I have to put the ax to the root of the thing. Because God delivered me, causing my walls to fall. Long and short of the story. Remember we read it over there? The people said, Joshua, anybody that doesn't do exactly what you tell them to do, we're going to kill them. That's how committed we are to the cause of Christ. We're going to kill him. I'm so committed. We're so committed to doing things right this time so that this time will be different. Anybody that violates that, we're going to put them to death. They didn't say it. Joshua said it. But you've caused 36 men to die because you wanted a garment you can't even wear? You wanted money that you can't even spend? You wanted stuff that you had such an insatiable, insatiable desire for? Did it put everybody at risk? Now we got to stone you. We know how the story goes. They brought Achan, his family, his children, his wife, his donkeys, his asses, his goats, his, his every, everything that they had, and they stoned everybody to death. And they burned them. And they heaped rocks there. And the rocks heaped there was to cause other people to remember. Sin never pays. It only cost. It cost him everything. So anytime that thought comes to you all, this one little thing, it's just a little white lie, a little this, a little, it's not going to hurt nobody. It hurt everybody. And it hurt, it cost him everything that he had. So as we're running and we're shouting that the walls have come down, make sure, make sure that we don't keep any tokens, any trinkets, or any trophies. Because it's going to cost us way more than we were ever willing to pay. I trust that word blessed your life. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. Don't forget to connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. And I want you to know that at Destiny Faith Church, we're more than a church. We're a family.